Welcome to Cancer Conversations, a podcast series from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. In this episode from August 2015, Dana-Farber social worker Allison DiBiazzo and Kelly Drummond discuss strategies and tips for parents and guardians living with cancer. They are joined by Sarah Sylvia, a patient raising three young sons during treatment. I'm Allison DiBiazzo, a social worker at Dana-Farber, and today we'll be talking about parenting during cancer treatment. Joining me today is Sarah Sylvia, a Dana-Farber lymphoma and stem cell transplant patient and mom of three. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Also joining us is Kelly Drummond, who is Sarah's social worker and also my colleague here at Dana-Farber. And Kelly and I both work very closely with the Family Connections Program, which we will be talking about today, and to share advice for managing cancer as a family. Thank you for joining us, Kelly. Thank you, Allison. So let's get started. Welcome, Sarah and Kelly. Sarah, tell me a little bit about when you were diagnosed with cancer and what that was like for you as a mom. Um, well, I was diagnosed um, in October of 2013, mm -hmm. and um, the beginning stages of that were obviously very difficult, but mm -hmm. almost, um, it didn't really hit me mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. But as those, that time rolled on, um, I had a hard time. Um, I contemplated how to tell my children at that time. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, I'm a, I have three boys, yeah. and their age range that spanned, um, my oldest was 12, and I had a middle of nine, and my youngest was five. So it took me a little while to mm -hmm. wrap my head around it, mm -hmm. but um, I finally did. I, I decided as a mom to have a sit down with them mm -hmm. to explain um, what was going on with me. They mm -hmm. knew I had been sick, but uh, didn't know the severity of it. So mm -hmm. I had that sit down with them and um, explained to them what was going on and that I had cancer. Mm -hmm. um, at that moment, I knew that they had d different times of comprehending what that really meant. My mm -hmm. youngest didn't really comprehend much, mm -hmm. um, but my older one knew of a student he went to school with that mm -hmm. did have it. So he had a little bit more of a connection of, sure. of, of an experience. Sure. And my uh, middle one only knew that cancer made people die. So that was the beginning stages of um, being a mom and how to handle that mm -hmm. and starting treatment at the same time. Okay, so it sounds like all three of your boys had a different reaction. They did, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yet still very quiet and um, we were around a dinner table and then two minutes later they were back to their normal life at the mm, same time. So yes. that really goes to show you where where kids are at in that moment. Yes, absolutely. And in, in trying to process. Yes. So it's not unusual for kids that are told about a parent with cancer that they don't take it in right away. Yeah, very good point. And it sounds like when you did learn of your diagnosis, you immediately decided to tell your children. I did. I felt that was important because I would be going undergoing some physical changes mm -hmm. um, in a few weeks after, so I didn't want to wait too long. Sure. So Kelly, tell me, are those typical reactions for children of parents who have cancer 
and also are there any other reactions kids may have that may be the same or different what has been your experience sure so I think you know those are absolutely typical responses kids tend Mm -hmm. to take things in you know in a different way than adults and differently at different developmental stages and like Sarah said they kind of a few minutes later went right back to their life and playing and interacting and you know I think short bursts can be really helpful when talking with kids about this and you know different developmental stages they're going to cope very differently and respond very differently yes and so Kelly can you talk a little bit about how these different stages of development may be different from a younger child to a teenager and maybe give a a quick example how you know Sarah you mentioned they all responded differently and Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering Kelly what has been your experience with other parents that have children sure sure absolutely so younger kids tend to not be able to um, understand to the same level as the older kids so they they can't really soak in all of what it means so you know giving very simple basic information it's important to tell them the first thing is to be honest with them and tell them that you have cancer and and what the name of it is Um, and for younger kids it's really important to make sure that you explain that there are going to be some changes the doctor is going to give you some medicine that might Mm -hmm. make it so that you can't you know spend as much time with them or play with them as much but that you still really love them you're going to try and maintain their um, normal activities and sports and things like that um, it's really important to explain that they can't catch it and that they didn't cause it because yeah. for younger kids that tends to be things that they start to think about. Absolutely. thinking that happens at those ages. For teenagers and the little bit older side, they understand a little bit more. Yes. So they can get a little bit more information and they're going to want to know a little bit more information. Yeah. Um, so a little bit more detail about your treatment, mm-hmm. what they can expect to see, physical changes, things like that, like Sarah mentioned. Sure. And it's important because at first I didn't want to tell my kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pretend that uh, they didn't need to know. Yeah. but with help from Kelly and using those words was the best advice I had ever gotten to explain to them that the doctors will will give me medicine and that is going to help me feel better and and keeping it simple was definitely a very important part of my absolutely talking to them especially my younger younger ones where she was right as my preteen at the time, mm-hmm. he needed to know a little, he could have, he took in a little bit more because he was that much older and maybe had, like I said, seen yes. someone go through it. So yes. he had a little bit more experience and a connection. Mm-hmm. So, but just reassuring them and being honest at the same time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. was really helpful for my boys. Yes. But not going too far where things that maybe were too in depth that they couldn't comprehend. Yes. Not really going to that point. So, you know, both of you are saying the importance is to be honest Mm -hmm. and to give them information, but don't overload them Mm -hmm. because my sense is as a mom, you're trying to wrap your own mind around this. And And also you want to protect them from what I'm hearing. And I wonder for both of you, how did you find the Family Connections Program here helpful, you know, in communicating with your children? Both of you, you know, can give some input on that. Yeah. You know. I felt like I had just explained um, yeah. having Kelly through that, that program was amazing. Yes. And being able to find words. Yes. Because at that time, I didn't have the words. Yeah. I at first didn't want to say anything. Yeah. 
then I didn't know what to say. Yes. So having that to reach out to sure. was incredible. And Kelly, you might want to give a brief um, information. Yeah. What is the Family Connections yes, Program? Absolutely, for our viewers. Uh, yes. So we have a program here where we do, um, we have a parent binder, which mm -hmm. is, I think, really, really helpful because it mm -hmm. can, for parents, give them the language that they need to say these kinds of things, yes. the different developmental stages and what to expect and what mm -hmm. to look for, behaviors to look out for, ways to manage them, um, different resources. Mm -hmm. So it can really be very validating and normalizing of the yeah. experience that it's it's important to tell them. Yeah. Um, and then for the kids, we have kid packs that are backpacks that usually, for the younger kids, not mm -hmm. the teen packs, but the younger kids have stuffed animals in them, yeah. they've got some, um, a coloring book that's um, about life not always being a day at the beach and mm -hmm. pipe cleaners and a photo album, different things that um, help families to talk about it, can give them a way to talk about it, which is really helpful, especially for the younger kids. Yeah, an activity. An activity yes. to talk yes. about it around. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. so it sounds like it was very helpful. And yeah. as Kelly said, they have the binder, so you don't have to look at it all at once. You were able to go back to that yes. um, and reach out to Kelly with questions that you may have about that. Mm -hmm. You know, a question for both of you, aside from a cancer diagnosis, what are some of the other challenges parents may face when you are diagnosed with any health illness and or cancer, besides, you know, your children, any of the other challenges? Well, for me, I, mm -hmm. my challenge, um, I am a single mother, so mm -hmm. I had that challenge already. Yes. So having the health issues on top of it, yeah. uh, I know just commuting in and out of the city, yeah. Um, was a challenge for me, and um, planning my di my children's daily schedules was mm -hmm. also a very big challenge. Um, but having a support group at the same time mm -hmm. is very important, and getting those challenges met. Yes, um, those were just daily life yeah. was challenging. Yeah. So, so it, you have you're a single mom. Yes. So you were on this path yeah. as a single mom, but you also spoke about the importance of reaching out to support. Yes. And how so important that important. is when you're dealing with all these challenges, besides the physical challenges right. of having cancer. Right. Yeah, anything you want to add, Kelly, that you have yeah. found? Well, I think, you know, families come in all shapes and sizes now. Yeah. And I think well that's, said. we're seeing that a lot. And, yeah. and that's really important to take into account um, because there's support in so many different forms, grandparents, yeah. mm -hmm. siblings, um, friends, lots of friends, yeah. colleagues. So I think it's important to reach out to them because because they're there and they want to help. For some parents, just the challenge of not working and income yeah. can be a real scary thing for yeah. people because, you know, it's enough to worry about yourself and being able to afford that. But when mm -hmm. you've got kids, that adds yeah. a whole other layer. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you know they understand and they're talking with their employer about what the resources are available can be really important as well. And and us, we're a resource here to, to talk about it. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes we come across patients that have nobody. Yes. And so I think you're right, reaching out to the mm -hmm. team mm -hmm. becomes a huge support for yeah. patients and children mm -hmm. um, when they have children. And I'm sure for you, you felt very similar as you spoke yeah. about your team and the importance. Yeah. Even though you had friends, you felt they were really um, you're holding ground here. They really were. Yeah. And I have to say, it was a for them that I was able to overcome a lot of my challenges yeah. to get through. 
but yes, having other support systems for different reasons yeah. was also important. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just to shift gears a little bit, um, Sarah, you underwent a transplant as part of your treatment, mm -hmm. which includes significant time in the hospital mm -hmm. and in isolation. What were some of the ways you sought out additional support for your family during that time? Meaning when you're, you know, I think you mentioned you were in the hospital over 20 days. Yes. And it's isolating. Yes. And I wonder um, what were some of the ways you were able to reach out for yourself, for your children, for well, some additional support? It, yeah, that was um, a challenge for yeah. sure. But um, What was challenging? Just yeah. to be in that environment yeah. with feeling like nobody was there. Yeah. But at the same time, they were. Phone calls, emails, yeah. text messages, visitors. I yeah. was able to have visitors. Yes. Um, most of my immediate family is out of state. Yeah. But having them plan to come see me and take yeah. turns almost yeah. to, to occupy that time was helpful. I did have my, again, Dana-Farber support that came in to, to visit with me and yeah. gave me someone to talk to and and obviously my nursing staff, incredible people. Yeah. And just having people to And visit. social media. And social it sounds media. like that was a huge yeah. um, connection yes. to the outside mm -hmm. world, which is really a gift today. It really is. You know, I, so. I, I utilized it a lot. Yes, I'm really glad to hear it, that. It made me feel more connected. Yes. FaceTime, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I felt that my boys were there with me. That's a great point. Yes, Absolutely. I did get to, um, that opportunity because of social media to have face-to-face -face contact, mm -hmm. which was great at the same time when they couldn't be there. Yeah, and they were able to see you. And they were able to see me yeah. and know that, okay, she's still my mom and mm. she's getting through this and she still sounds like my mom and <laughs> telling me and what to do <laughs> yeah yeah yes. and yeah. you know to some degree it still looks like my mom yeah so yeah yeah and it was it was amazing to have that and yeah. highly recommended great if able to have that yeah. kelly any thoughts because you only work in transplanting you know in lymphoma which mm -hmm. a lot of your patients have transplant mm -hmm. and they hospitalize for quite mm -hmm. a long time yeah. and Many are isolated, and those that don't have anybody, I'm just right. wondering if you have any feedback on that. So one of the things that sometimes people find helpful is making sure that they know what the schedule is going to look like while they're hospitalized, yes. and that way they can communicate that to their kids. So yes. who's going to be picking you up from school? Who's going to be getting you to practice and yeah. making you dinner? And you know what the schedule is going to be, because kids do well when they know what to expect. Yes. And as much as we can provide that, where there's so many unknowns in this, mm -hmm it really can be beneficial. So yeah. making sure you outline that ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and that applies for treatments. You know, a lot of times patients are hospitalized even for two or three days mm -hmm. for a treatment. Yeah. Um, and as much as they can plan for that ahead of time yeah. and tell their kids, communicate what that's gonna look like, that's very helpful for Very kids. helpful. And mine was through a summer. So my kids were on summer vacation. Uh -huh. And we did a summer where they would be visiting with different family members for weeks at a time and, mm -hmm. and they were able to stay occupied at the same time but knew that was coming yeah. mm -hmm. knew they were going to be at, at family members houses at certain times and it was almost like their vacations yeah different vacations so communicating up front being honest mm -hmm. and yeah. also structure yeah. it mm -hmm. sounds right. like is very helpful definitely structure you know this question both of you can answer but i'll start with you sarah mm -hmm. um 
you know, having a parent with cancer may affect children's performances and activities and at school with their friends. And what advice, advice do you have for communicating with children's schools or their friends or their friends' parents or activity groups? Any thoughts? And then I reach out to you, yeah. Kelly. I did. I, uh, yeah. I immediately contacted all of the guidance departments mm -hmm. at my kids, my children's school. Yep. And I explained what was going on with me. Yep. And I thankfully had a great support in the school that they were able to mm -hmm. check on my children, call them, have little lunch meetings mm -hmm. to a degree where they weren't being singled out. Yeah. But being overlooked, I was able to reach out to all my all the teachers, mm -hmm. and they knew. And my big message was to keep their day as regular as possible because that was almost a time where they, it was normal for yeah. them. Yeah. And to keep that consistency yes. was important for me. Absolutely. And that's how I handled it. And as far as sporting activities, I, again, had that support system where friends and family would um, be in contact with me. I'll be picking them up to take them to practice yeah. or bringing them home for practice yeah. and just keeping that schedule flowing. And the communication. Yes. So you, again, were open and honest. Yes. With that I needed help. Yeah. It's it's okay to ask for help. Yes. And it I'm really glad you said that. At yep. <laughs> the beginning, very hard, mm -hmm. but through um, my help here, mm -hmm. I was able to say I can't do this alone, and I need to ask. And people want to help. They Sometimes do. I found that people were waiting for me. Yeah. So it was when I took that leap, I I was able to get more of a normal schedule for my children because it was finally flowing and I didn't have to worry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how am I going to get them? Yeah. And that is a big worry mm -hmm. it is for parents. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kelly, maybe you could speak a bit about how the Family Connections program can help parents with the language and what to communicate to schools sure, and to, sure. you know, coaches mm -hmm. and dance te teachers. Yeah. And, so I think it's, you know, that. everyone's very different in how much they want to, yeah. how much information they're comfortable giving. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to have a good handle on where you are with that and, and mm -hmm. respect your own boundaries while also taking into account that your kids are really going to benefit from the people that are in their lives knowing. Yes. Um, so yes. making sure that their teachers know is very important, especially because they have eyes and ears on them for eight hours a day. Absolutely. And can understand if there's behavioral challenges or changes or mm -hmm. their grades drop or anything like that they can help to manage that and be on the lookout for that yeah. because they spend so much time with them yeah. um, and also take that into account so yeah. that they they can provide support and not not have it be punitive yes. but just support um, so I think that can be really really helpful and there is language in our family connections materials about that yes and you know a lot of times we'll have parents that come to us to just talk that through how, yes. how are they going to communicate is it okay I don't want to tell them everything yes and yes that's completely appropriate it is and I think you're right reaching out to social work can be very yeah. helpful yeah to how do you communicate to outside providers because people are private mm -hmm. and they want to protect their kids. But at the same time, you're right, they're at school eight hours a day and they want their kids to feel that they're being taken care yeah, of right. while you're going through this. Mm -hmm. Especially and just for teenagers. I yes, to say too, that's exactly what I, a lot of times won't yeah. talk to no. their parents. So yes, yes. they do better when they talk to someone that isn't a parent. Yeah. So 
if they have someone at school that they know knows and they don't have to go into too much about it, that's right. it can help open that line of communication for teenagers especially. So it's a great point. That's that a great point. It is. And it really worked for my preteen slash teen. Yeah. yeah. He felt like he had that teacher, that go-to, where if he just felt bottled up, that he was able to go and talk. That's so, great. And that was great. I, I really had, again, that support on that end. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it, like you said, it, teens, they may not go to their parents, right. but yet they reach out to somebody who's not as close to the That's family, right. but a connection's there. Mm -hmm. And so, Sarah, you're a teacher yourself. Mm -hmm. How do you talk to kids other than your own about your illness and or why? Why are you away from school? Yeah. Well, I, um, I was able to, when I left for my, after my diagnosis, mm -hmm. um, I wasn't able to have much contact at that point, yeah. but I almost addressed my students mm -hmm. the same as my children, to a lesser degree, that I was gonna need to get some medicine and some care from doctors so they could help me feel better. Yeah. And I would be out, and, and then I was out for a, a lengthy time, and I'll be returning this fall again, yeah. and I'm sure there'll be more questions, Yes. Um, because I've been in that district for a long time. Uh, uh, I had a, my support, my principal at my school, yeah. he did a lot of the talking, but he reached out to me about what he, he we communicated a lot about what was appropriate. You collaborated. Yes, yes. about what to yes. say. And yes. that was kind of the message I sent to him, and mm -hmm. he was able to express that, yeah. uh, that I was being treated and being well taken care of yeah. so I could get better. And you teach the fourth grade? Fourth grade, So that yes. was really age-appropriate. It was age-appropriate. Yeah, and you're looking forward to going back I in am. September. I can't wait. Yeah, I bet mm -hmm. they're looking forward to seeing you. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, what are some of the questions children may typically ask um, when a parent or another adult in their life is diagnosed with cancer. They may ask you because many sure. parents bring their mm -hmm. kids in and they see us mm -hmm. and you may meet alone with them mm -hmm. pending their age and I'm just yeah. wondering are there any other yeah. questions they may typically ask and how do you find as a social worker the Family Connections program yeah. helpful? Yeah so you know for kids a lot of times what they're worrying about is very immediate and you know mm -hmm. how are their needs going to be met which is yeah. completely appropriate um, sometimes they'll ask depending on their age it's very different sometimes they'll ask about yeah. what it's going to mean in terms of changes in the household what that's going to look like mm -hmm. who's going to be taking care of me um, sometimes kids will ask you know are you going to die that's one that a lot of times kids ask and it's a hard mm -hmm. question and scary for parents to get that question I think yeah. so I think you know it, it's important in situations like that to be, again, honest with them mm -hmm. and to give them the information that you have, which mm -hmm. is the doctors are giving me medicine to help make me better. And, yeah. and when I get any information, I'm going to tell you, making sure that they feel like there's an open communication there and they can ask questions. Yes. Um, and if you don't have the answer, that's okay. You're yes. going to get it from the doctor. Yes. Okay. And, you know, to that point, you know, sir, Kelly and I as social workers learn that is one of the kids' biggest fears. Yes, you know, um, will my mom or dad die from this cancer? Mm -hmm. And I, I just wonder if that question came up for you it with your did. children, and how did you respond if you can share a little bit about what was helpful or not, or what yeah. worked for you? Uh, 
Um, yeah, because I have three boys or three different personalities, mm -hmm. it did come up um, amongst one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, they may hear more at school. Yes. Kids talking yes. or kids mm -hmm. telling them things. Yes. That their parent will die. Yeah. And that was upsetting. So that came out um, from my middle son, Dominic, and mm -hmm. he asked me if I was. And I, again, used a lot of my language from Callie yeah. to reassure him that that was not going to happen, that I was going to have medicine to help me feel better, and mm. that I would tell him if anything were changing. But right now, through my process, that things were getting we're going in the right direction basically yeah. and that just kept him I guess okay with that he was okay with hearing that I was okay yes and he was my worrier and needed to hear that often that I was doing okay yeah. and I would tell him what my doctor had said that I was doing good yes and if anything changed I would definitely tell him yes and again it's hard as a parent to have to even think about having that discussion yeah. And you don't, you want to protect them 100% and you don't want to talk about death. And that was probably a, one of my biggest challenges yeah. is I didn't personally want to talk about it because in my own mind, yeah. that's not how I felt. Yes. I mm -hmm. felt I was wanting to live. Yes. And that was my message to my, my children yes. that I was going to fight and do what I could. And it sounds like your doctors were given similar message that yes. you were... Yes. Doing well through your transplant, yes. you were and I knew they were being honest with me. Yes, and I could be honest with them right. at that moment in time. We're doing good. Yeah, we're doing really well. We're we're doing. It's, my body is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, and getting ready for transplant. Yeah, and one Can of the things I think you know that's so important that you mentioned is that it you were honest with him, and even though you didn't want to go there, it's yeah. hard for a parent to yes. go there. So you didn't want to go there, yeah. but you gave him the space to, which I think is really, really important because a lot of times parents are afraid to talk about that too. That's right. Because that's their that's biggest right. fear. And that's right. you know, it's important to give kids the space and feel comfortable to come with to you with these questions yeah. because they're gonna carry it around yeah. if they're yes. not talking about it with you. And it's important to be honest because they do hear things from kids at school or that's right. TV. So mm -hmm. getting the information from you first and honestly is very important because it builds that trust. So yes. they know that they can come to you with questions and that you're being honest with them. And also, you said he was your warrior. Yes. So you immediately um, felt you needed to have that conversation mm -hmm. with him so he didn't internally hold that worry. And that's important. Yeah. Because the more they hold in, yeah. that's when, I, I, just as being a teacher even, yeah, great point. seeing yep. the breakdown yep. mm -hmm. of their life. And yeah. where they're not doing well at school, and yeah. and I knew that I couldn't let that happen, so yeah. I had to keep that opened, and yeah. that was important. But again, not going into too much detail, because yeah. mm -hmm. you important. didn't know. Right. You gave him the information you knew, right. and that he terms. developed right. exactly <laughs> that he could um, understand. Yeah. And so the transition off treatment mm -hmm. can be confusing for children. So Sarah, now that you're out of active treatment, how has your family changed? How has the dynamic in your family changed now that you're through your transplant, you're off treatment, you look fantastic, yeah. you said you feel well, you go back to school. How did the kids adapt to this whole nother new normal routine? Well, they did. Yeah. I, I, luckily, I was able to keep that routine Great. 
going to some degree. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yet it's at a different level now. They see mom with more energy and they see mom look different, obviously now and and do things and go places and kids. More active. Yes. Yes. Kids are very resilient and uh, believe it or not, they, I was able to some degree hold my rules even because that might come up too. They'll they'll mm-hmm. overstep their boundaries mm-hmm. because you're not as strong mm-hmm. to hold those boundaries. So that's yeah. important to try to do and just keep it going now, just reminding them that we have rules and yeah. boundaries, mm-hmm. but yet now we can do so much more. It's definitely happier. I mean, yeah. having that chance this summer to yeah. do things has changed our dynamics. We're very close family yeah um i have a great relationship with all of them yeah and um you know we but we're able to still talk about cancer and what it did and how it felt and Mm. um and reflect on where we were at a year ago and Mm. two years ago and now now where we're at and and it gives them hope yes Mm. absolutely and even if you had somebody else that you knew that went through something to give them hope. Yes. That not not everybody dies from cancer. That's right. Yeah. And we all need hope. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so Kelly, what advice do you have for parents who might go through a recurrence of having an advanced cancer? And tell me how do you thoughts or recommend they should communicate the reality of this disease to the family? So that's a big concern that comes up and yeah. you know for the similar rules apply as the first time around. Yes. Being honest, yes. um, you know, it's it's an upsetting thing. It's an emotionally charged time too. So sometimes mm-hmm. parents can't get through that conversation without a little help. Yeah. So sometimes it's helpful yes. to have another family member around that can. Yes. If you become emotional, which is appropriate, mm-hmm. but could be upsetting and hard to get through that conversation, they can kind of help pick mm-hmm. that up and and give the information and reassure the child or children that mm-hmm. there's still going to be people there to take care of them and that their mom or dad loves them and mm-hmm. you know they're going to do the best that they can so i think it's it's a similar situation being honest is really important mm-hmm. so. yes anything you want to add to that no that was well said that's okay. it's important yeah. i i don't have a, a we're hoping that it's not going to get to that point for me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing great. And, mm-hmm. and you've been clear about that. And you look fantastic. And I just to, you know, my last question for you is, um, now that you've gone through this experience um, of parenting during cancer, is there anything you would have done differently or advice you would give to other parents? Or not do differently? Right. Um, I, I think um, I reflect on that a lot. I, yeah. I really can't identify anything that I do differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sure. what I did, um, I did right and well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me, like I said in the beginning, a little mm-hmm. while yep. to, but I, my support helped me through that stage. Yep. I, maybe I could have reached out a little sooner, but I, I think everything else I felt very appropriate with. And um, my advice is just again hold on to hope and be honest and try to make your children's lives is normal yes and positive stay positive for them yes and i also think too there's no right or wrong no there's, there's no not. right or wrong right. and what you do is long is from what i heard from you both 
today is to be honest and to communicate, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's important. And remind them that they are loved. Exactly. Yes, so absolutely. Yep. You're there, still there for them. Yes. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. We do have a couple of questions that have come in sure. through email, and I thought I could bring them up. Is uh, how can parents prepare their children? for the physical changes mm -hmm. they may experience. We talked a little bit, yeah. but I wanted to mention, so if you could just you know, briefly say a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I actually have that experience. Yep. And it came from my youngest, that he was five, knowing that he couldn't wrap his head around mm -hmm. that yep. answer. Yep. He um, loved my hair and was mm -hmm. uh, upset about that, mm -hmm. but I prepared him that would happen. Yep. And, um, I, I, again, stayed positive yeah. that I still am mom and I will look different. Um, and it, it never seen, we kept rolling with it. Great. I, I, I felt. You normalized it. it. I even mm -hmm. had one of my sons, he wanted to shave his head to look yeah. like mom. And did he? And did he. Great. Did. And it was great. It was so you normalized work. it. Yes, Absolutely. I did. Very normalized. And just my la the last question that came in, are there any tasks uh, related to treatment you can give your children to do to make them feel part of the process and to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, yeah. a couple things that I thought yeah. were helpful yeah. is I was able to bring my children with me on one occasion. Which is a wonderful idea. Best thing I ever did. Yep. They felt part of it. Yep. They felt um, they were spending the day with mom. Yep. They met my team. Mm -hmm. um, they just glowed and well, they saw. They saw. They witnessed yes. that. Oh, is this what you do? Yes, this is. Yeah. What, this is it. Yeah, yeah. It seems <laughs> that's so what scary. I hear from children. Yes, yes, so yes. Scary, yes. So absolutely. Yes, highly, great point. If it's possible, yeah. recommend that. Absolutely. Um, but just again, making them feel as they're part of that. Thank you both, mm -hmm. and I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your story. And speaking about the Family Connections Program and how helpful as you, Kelly, a social worker. Again, thank you both for your insight and your advice for parents. For more information during for parenting during cancer, visit DanaFarber.org slash Family Connections. This has been Dana Farber's Cancer Conversations, featuring Dana Farber social workers Allison DiBiazzo and Kelly Drummond. To download more episodes and learn about other cancer podcast series, visit DanaFarber.org slash podcasts.